Hello, everyone. I hope you are having a fabulous Wednesday. I just spent the most lovely afternoon chatting with Amanda Hesser, who is one of the co-founders of Food 52, a brand that I love. I use for gifting all the time. I use for recipe inspiration. And now I'm just inspired because I want to create the next Food 52. If you don't know who Amanda is, she's had such an insanely action-packed career in the food space. She was a writer and a food editor at the New York Times for many, many years. She's written best-selling cookbooks, many two of which are on these shelves right behind me. Um, and she's also written, by the way, a fiction book, which I really wish we could have talked more about, but I had so many other things to ask her about. But she wrote a book called Cooking for Mr. Latte that is truly one of the most beautifully written and just like loveliest quick read, but in a good way. You just like want to learn more about this relationship and the way it's unfolding and there's all this like gorgeous food imagery. It's a story. It's the story of how she and her husband started dating and fell in love, um, living in New York city. And it has food imagery woven into it in the most beautiful way. There's like tons of recipes throughout the pages. Anytime she cooks for him, she then shares the recipe. It's just fabulous. It's such a great read. And I've tried to find it online many times to send it to friends, yada, yada. And I guess it's out of print. It's very hard to find, but I will try to find a link and link to it in the show notes. Anyway, that's like, uh, it's shocking because it's this wonderful book and it's just this like absolutely tiny, minuscule part of her career. We don't even talk about it in this episode. Um, all of that was just the beginning though, all of her writing. She then went on to found Food52, a food media and e-commerce business that when a private equity invested $83 million into it in 2019 and became majority stakeholders, it was valued at $100 million. It is now reported to be much greater than that. You'll also hear about the very simple practice that is making my days better and just like more enjoyable and just kind of making me feel more confident. And you'll hear the life philosophy that Amanda uh, learned from a friend and now uses to put her life and her priorities kind of like into perspective and just kind of like reground herself when um, whenever she needs to kind of come back to what's important to her. Amanda is also very into a cool racket sport and no, it's not pickleball. So she'll tell us all about that. Here's Amanda. Amanda Hesser. Ooh, this is a podcast about the things that we are so into right now. And I'm so excited to hear about what you are into, but to give you a chance to gather your wits and think about it, I will go first. Are you ready for mine? I am. I am so ready. Okay. The thing that I am so into right now, and you're going to kill me for this because um, I just sprung on you that this video this podcast is has a video component. You were like, well, thanks a lot, Caroline. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. The thing that I'm so into right now is is getting dressed. I'm not, I didn't make that up just on the spot after you showed up in a sweatshirt. I love your sweatshirt. The thing that I'm so into right now as I am like, I'm like this funny stay-at-home mom, work from home mom hybrid. Like I I have a someone here to help me most of the day with my youngest, who's one. Um, but I'm like popping in and out. I work from home. He 
is bees a baby at home. And so there can, I can go weeks, days, weeks, a month where I don't put on like a, a hard pant, like no, no sort of structure. Hard pant. That's, that's, a, that's a term, an official term. I like it. <laughs> that's, that's the technical term. Like zero structure can touch my body. Like it's, we're athleisure all day, every day. And I was writing a cookbook over the summer. And I mean, I truly don't think I put on an outfit, like a proper, you know, outfit for three months straight. And I'm now, we've just moved, we remodeled this house. We've just moved back to this house. I am finished with like the cookbook craziness. Uh, it's, it's fall slash winter, whatever that means in California. And I'm like, I work out in the morning with the baby. We go on this nice walk. And then I come home and I put on a proper ass outfit. Like it has a, it has components. There are socks involved. Buttons. There's a proper bra. There are buttons. Like there's all the components that make up a proper outfit. And it feels so fun and good. And I feel like more motivated to do the things that I need to do in my day. Like, what does it make you feel like you need, you can do that you can't do in sweatpants? Like, um, okay. Even just, I record a lot of content, right? Like I'm a content creator and even just showing up to film like a sponsored content thing with my hair properly brushed out a little bit of makeup on call it vain, but like vanity is sanity. I feel just like more put together. <laughs> I feel more. I don't know, just kind of ready to like tackle that thing. I feel, especially with sponsored content, it's the holiday season. It's, you know, kind of December is ending and a lot of sponsored content happens in December, right? You know, as an e-commerce uh, mega lord, um, a lot of mega, and I, f I feel like I have more uh, authority when I look more put together. Is that the most vain thing you've ever heard? No. I no, I think that clothing is a very has a very like powerful emotional connection to all of us and right. and those feelings like kind of shift and evolve. And I think the pandemic like threw everything yes. into this like new state and, and then as we're like I mean, we are beyond reentry at this point, but you know, I think that we've all sort of changed our relationship with our homes, our clothing, our uh -huh. how we cook, you know, it's all it's all sort of wrapped together in my my uh -huh. view. So it makes total sense to me. Yeah. You're okay. You're working from home today. Are you typically in the gorgeous new food 52 offices or what is your, what is your like typical work day, work week look like? I, I've been working home at home a lot lately just because of the nature of the work that I've been doing, which is more, uh, on my own. And I think that, and so, so I kind of like being, as you can see, I'm in, in a very sort of small study. I like kind of small yeah. cozy spaces to, to work from. And also my husband's at home. So it's nice to be able to like be together during the workday and we kind of visit each other. He's at one end of the apartment. I'm at the other. And <laughs> so yep. that's, and then our kids come home, you know, there, there's, there's sort of nice things about it, but you know, then there'll be periods where I go into the office a lot or I'm traveling. So I feel like it's really lucky because I have variety. You know, I think if I was uh -huh. here every day, all the time, like I was, you know, as we all were for a certain period of time, back in the um, period we, sh we shall not name. Uh, Don't even yeah, talk about it. Yeah, let's not talk, <laughs> let's not talk about it. Uh, you know, I, that would get old after a while. 
Yeah. Okay. So when you work from home, what's your stance on a structured pant? Are you putting soft, are you, are you soft clothes all day, every day? Or like, do you think getting dressed makes you vibe better with yourself too? Well, because I like, I'm in the kitchen and sort of doing things in the household sort of throughout the day when I'm home, I actually don't, I don't want to be in things that I can, that I could mess up and feel mess mad up. about messing them up. Uh-huh. So I have kind of invested in nicer, softer clothing, Yes, like, but things That's that aren't key. too unstructured, like that, yes. you know, I want to have something that I can sort of feel around my waist, but I also don't yep. want it to be like, I'm very anti, there's been a movement away from jeans that have some stretch to them to like back to jeans that are hundred percent cotton. And literally whenever I look at a pair of jeans online that I'm interested in, the first thing I do is look at the thing. And if it says hundred percent cotton, I don't care how great they look. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. Sorry. Can't don't, do. Delete. Don't even, I don't want to ever look at this brand again. I will never yeah. support this brand again. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you. I like, I love Rachel Comey and I wear a lot of her clothes, yeah. but I have thought, many times of writing her a letter and saying, can you just please put at 1% spandex? Yeah, 1%, your, 2% or lycra or whatever bit it is. Just is a it little. lycra? So, yeah, just a little so that bit I can eat there. a meal and then not feel like right. I'm constantly distracted by how uncomfortable I am in my Right. Jeans. Yeah. It's a funny thing because I will say those structured zero lycra pants, they really do sadly like look better. Like they just kind of hold everything in and they do things to my body that I like. But then I, like you said, I'm not eating lunch and enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I feel sad after two bites of my burger. So what's the point? What's the freaking point? Okay. Amanda, what are you into right now? Okay. So I, I'm into two things. I did, I I was thinking about this and I, one is kind of lighter and one is maybe more serious. So which would you, which which do you want? Which one do you want first? First serious. Okay. So my friend Liz Paley, who is a communications and marketing consultant, she has a company called framework. She's very thoughtful about everything. She had just bought this apartment in San Francisco and so she was committing to having this bi-coastal existence. Mm-hmm. And it was a really big decision because it was like, you know, using a lot of her, of her savings and, you know, really altering her, her life. And she was, and she was saying that how the reason, how she came to the decision was that she really thought about what is enough for her in her life. She, you know, she felt like she'd had, you know, she had great friends. She had, you know, she, she had just put a lot of thought into what, what, what was enough because, and I it really somehow, I don't know if it was just the timing or just, you know, it really hit me and has really stuck with me. And I would say it's something I think about a lot all the time mm. because I do think a, I'm an ambitious person, but I all, and I always had kind of aspirations for, yes. uh, you know, in my career and, you know, um, just in my life in general. And I think, you know, also, I have a professional life that is very entwined with social media, right? Uh, I'm like, I'm not an influencer, but I, my business, like we, we have a lot of big presence on social media. So I spend all the time oh, yeah. thinking about social media and social media. Is so just, it really revs up those engines of aspiration and, yes. and this idea that you should always be wanting. You, it's very 
it's not even subtle. It's just like, there's just constant like messaging, unconscious messaging that you should always be kind of wanting more and better and this and that. And I, I don't know. I think that when she said it, it just struck me that like, yeah, you get kind of caught up in all of that. And I have spent a lot of time thinking about what is, what is enough and what does that look like yeah. in my life? And, and it, when you can start thinking about it, um, and have clear ideas around it. It wow, it really makes you feel happier about your life because you don't feel like you're constantly behind or not not having something that you feel like you should or something you don't even know what it is that you feel like you should be, you should be you should keep striving for. And yeah. So when you think about it, like when you use this to kind of structure your day or when you're feeling, I don't know, like you're aimless or whatever, however you're using this notion in your life, do you feel like, do you always come back to, okay, I do have enough or is it like, because something I have a problem with similarly, like I, I confuse sometimes ambition with, I don't know, always seeking the next thing because they're so intertwined. And my husband will be like, Caroline, you just achieved like this milestone, like slow down, be happy in this. Like, celebrate this moment. So when you, when you put this into practice, this like, is it enough? Do you feel like, yeah, I'm already there. This is already enough. Yeah. I, I think that when I started really thinking about it, I saw how much I already had that I really loved and appreciated. Right. And I, and taking the time to recognize that I, it, yeah, it just, it's very grounding for me. So, and it also has allowed me to enjoy the things that I am doing uh-huh. more because I am not, even though I am still, I don't think it has taken away my ambition, but it has allowed me to have perspective that what I have now is great. And that if I'm not enjoying it, uh, I'm, I'm missing out on something and that it then just becomes this, this kind of hamster wheel without like that, that, that it's, I think that there's this idea sometimes that you have to keep going because you're going to get to some destination of like happiness and pleasure that you you haven't yet achieved. When in fact, all the incremental stuff that you're doing on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis, ideally is actually (laughs) really enriching your your happiness along the way if you're doing the things that do make you happy and that those, that's a, those are not small things. And, and, you know, some of this I think is just comes with aging, right? You know, I think I'm, I have, I, uh, you know, I've got teenage kids who are about, you're going to go to college next year, you know, and you start seeing kind of your, your life through the, their, um, the, you know, kind of prism of theirs and, and how it just gives you different perspectives. And so I don't know, I just, I, I was so grateful to my friend because I felt like, oh, wow, she, she had pinpointed something that was so basic for, but I had never thought about and yet, and probably many people haven't. Mm-hmm. And she had really kind of shaped her, like reshaped her life around it. And yeah. I thought, well, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, I have never been like a gratitude practice person. Have you ever done like these people do a lot of people do like gratitude journals and uh, kind of write down three things that they're grateful for every day. But this to me feels like an easier way to do that. Like asking yourself every day or, you know, at certain touch points in your life, 
like, is this enough? Is this it? Like, is it enough? That's kind of the same thing, right? Like, am I, I, I really like that as just like a way of checking in with yourself on like where you are. And I also love what you said about, um, these everyday things that we're doing to reach our, you know, goals or dreams or whatever we're working towards that feel like the thing that will one day be enough. Like these, this is the good stuff. Like these every day. This is the good stuff. And also if you, if you define like what is enough for you and you have things that are enough, then if you keep going on that trail, like anything on on top of that is of course, like icing on the cake and that's great, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary to your happiness or your sense of achievement or your sense of, you know, doing something in the world. Yeah. I want to get more into it with you about where you are now, but first I have to hear your other thing that you're into. Oh, okay. So it's called Padel. And it's a racket sport. And I think it was started, don't quote me on this, but I believe it started in South America. And it is, I would say it's kind of a cross between squash, pickleball, and tennis. It's played indoors, although I think there are some outdoor courts. And it has glass mm. on the back walls and part of the sides. Okay. And it has a, so net, squashy. a net that is about the size of it, like the height uh, and with a, of a tennis court, but it's sort of a, it's kind of an astroturf surface. The ball is the size of a tennis ball and the racket is a thick, solid racket with holes, holes in it. That is a very much a paddle, not a, at like, like a yeah. pickleball paddle, uh-huh. but thicker and bigger. And <laughs> yeah, it's really just, it's kind of a cross between it's one of, it's just a Kind of another iteration on racket sport, but it's really fun. And Where are you playing this? So I'm playing this in Brooklyn. A friend, friends of ours, my husband's a big squash player, and one of his squash okay. uh, partners took it up and was t- and had his birthday party at at this Padel Center in Williamsburg that I didn't even know existed, and went there. And there's there are like five or six courts, and <laughs> it was really stylish. It was like yeah, this like Ooh. sort of this lounge area that was really stylish and had really good food and snacks. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is pretty great. And then I looked, then we all got, we all got lessons and it was really fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I like racket sports. So I, I was like, this is cool. And it's so nice to be able to find an indoor sport that's like yes. really active in New York. It's, it's hard because actually tennis is really hard to do in New York. There's very few courts yes. and uh, the demand is really high. And a lot of them are outdoors, so you, you know there's very few indoor for the winter. So I <laughs> learned later that it turns out that this Padel, it's called Padel House, H-A-U-S, is was started by a, the a guy who's a, who owns restaurants in New York, uh, Cosmo, uh, for instance, which like one you know, some of the be- better restaurants in New York, and he so which explains like the style and say. the food. And, and then I was like, I was sold. I was like, okay, you know, good food, good snacks stylish furniture and a sport I like. So they built another one in Dumbo, which is closer to me, which I can walk to. And so I just, now I'm super into Padel and I, I'm telling everyone about it because I think it's, it's a really fun game and you play, you know, it's, it's a lot of co-ed playing. It's a lot of doubles and I'm trying to get actually the Padel house that I go to. It's a lot of, it's a lot of men. So I can't, Keep trying to tell my like women yes. friends, I'm like, like come on, take up Padel. Okay, you know, we well, gotta this, mix this up. This will help. This will help. We have a lot of um, female-based New York listeners, so ladies, get over to Padel House and hit Amanda up for what is it? 
two v two. It's one two. Yeah, two versus two versus two. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah. I can't believe there's a entire. I mean, I guess yeah. I should be able to believe that there's a sport that I've never heard of. I'm not a particularly sporty person, but <laughs> I do love a paddle sport. <laughs> I love tennis. I love pickleball. I'm like, I'm oh. in shock that I there's an entire two sports complexes in Brooklyn of a sport that I've never heard of. Yeah, whole th- whole new world for you to discover. Okay, well, next time I'm in New York, I would love to come play Padel with you. I have a few questions that I ask everybody who comes on. And the first okay. one is, we know what you're so into. Uh, I loved hearing your two very different things. What is something that you are so out on right now? Okay, I have two things. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the twos. And they happen to be fashion things. Okay, Ooh. so quick. Quick one is I am, let's just say I've never been in on this, but I'm so yes. ready for it to be out on that. Them is like short shirts and short sweaters. Oh, like cropped. Cropped. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Cropped. Yeah. Just no, no, I, 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 I don't yep. No, It's not, it's not, not working for me. The whole, what are they called? Gen Z, right? The generation below. Gen Z is all so much body. <laughs> <laughs> all the time and you know I guess like great for them I want anybody to do what they want with their body but it is so frustrating when you go to buy something and it doesn't cover half your body and that's not what you signed up for yeah I yeah and I you know I like a long t-shirt I I like a cardigan I like a cardigan sweater that kind of goes down you know halfway you know down my butt not sure not at my high waist and So I'm, I'm very excited. I, I noticed that that has started to wane a bit yes. and I am welcoming it with open arms. I'm like, bring on the, bring on the long sweaters again. I like it. Ugh, I like the, I like yeah. the kind of big boyfriend sweater, you know, I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that I am so done with. And then the other thing so is <laughs> I was making my Christmas list and I was like, I need new like workout sneakers and yeah. like, I just want to like a sneaker that doesn't have, it's like, it's not so tricked out and like has like crazy colors or like sparkles yes. or like, you know, kind of weird gold, like, bul- like bulges and features yeah. and bubbles and this. And like, I'm like, can I, can I just get like a really comfortable, like shoe that I'm not going to feel like is a parrot, like a circus yeah. on my, on yeah. my feet. And totally. so that's what I'm, yeah. And it can't be, it can't be a white sneak because you live in yes. New York. No. I do not. Yes. I, I'm, I'm so not into the white. I was never into the white sneaker. Oh, yeah. Cause it's, they get dirty instantly. I, I don't even want to have like a, I don't even want to have a white sole. Do you know the ultra boost, the Adidas ultra boost? Like they are Ooh. so comfortable. Yeah. But they're, but they're all wacky. I'm like, I, they're all tricked out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not the shoe for us. Like just give us a, give me a beige equivalent of a shoe, but I don't want it to be beige. I just want it to be beige in mindset. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me a beige sneaker. Is that so much? Beige stuff? In mindset. Yeah. A I like beige that. Beige mentality. Yeah. Um, okay. What was a good IRL LOL of the week? So this is an in real life, LOL. So something just that happened that made you laugh out loud and just felt really good to laugh about. Yes. So 
my kids, I have boy and girl twins who are 17. They're seniors in high school and they had a friend over and, you know, I feel like we all have (laughs) our memories of our childhood and then there's reality and, (laughs) and, you know, I was thinking, this made me uh, think about uh, Nora Ephron. She said once that children remember two things when you weren't there and when they threw up. (laughs) 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 And so I'm, I'm, I'm like fiddling around in the kitchen and my, my kids are at the, at the, at the breakfast table talking with their friend. And one of my kids starts talking about how bad their birthdays always were and how, in fact, one (gasps) year we had taken them to Eastern state penitentiary for a tour. And (laughs) I'm like, can you believe that there, that, parents would do such a thing to their innocent children on a birthday instead of going to like the go-kart center. And, and I just thought it was the funniest thing on earth because first of all, it is true. We did take them to Eastern state. I, was say, I recommend, have you been to it? It's, it's, in, it's outside of Philadelphia. No, it's, I've not been to it. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not like an, it's not a, it's not an actual like, working prison. It was at one point, but now it's just a museum. Okay. 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 It was actually when it was built, which is a long time ago, it was like the most expensive building built in the United States. And it was the first time time they were, they set, they, they gave inmates actually their own cells, which I mean, nothing about a prison sounds, sounds good, but it was actually a more civilized, I guess, way to, you know, house prisoners than having them all kind of, um, living together in, in big room in groups, whatever. And I mean, but this, it was also became a, a famous, uh, jail, like Al Capone was, was there and, you know, lots of, like, okay, sort of, okay. sort of bank robbers and such. And it's architecturally a very interesting building. Anyway, we thought, I just really want cool. to know, oh, I just want to know how you ended up there on your tour. <laughs> it wasn't, but that's the thing. It wasn't. Their oh, birthday. it wasn't. They, and because it was a very cold, miserable day at Thanksgiving. And so we used to go on these adventures on Thanksgiving. We would spend like, we would do two day road trips, like after Thanksgiving. And so we were coming home from Philadelphia. We thought, well, this is cool. We'll do that. But we also did things like mini golf in the dark. And I bet you did those little twerps. I know. And I was like, so they are... (laughs) I was like, you know, so our kids, they'll tell you, I mean, my daughter loves talking about the time she vomited and the time yeah. we missed something. And also the time we apparently we, we took also... them to, to see a jail on their birthday. <laughs> on their birthday. I can't believe they were just talking about how bad you are at birthdays right in front of you. I, like, again. <laughs> you little ungrateful. Why I ought Exactly. Oh. God, uh-huh. these damn kids. Yep, that was a fantastic IRL. Although I have to say, I was definitely laughing at your expense for a while there because I did think you had, in fact, taken your children to a jail on their birthday. But now I'm laughing harder that that's just what they think. <laughs> <laughs> they've, re- they've rewritten things. They've re- like just- We are the worst parents ever. Yep. Full history rewrite. We yep. spend mm-hmm. our birthdays in a jail cell every single year until we were 12. Um, yeah. My IRL LOL of the week is similarly uh, kid-related. My one-year-old, we were at a five-year-old birthday party. I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old boy. And we were at a five-year-old's birthday party this past week. You are Mm -hmm. in it. 
I know, but at least it wasn't twins, you know, you were deeply in it. Um, we're at a five-year-old birthday party this past week. The one-year-old is, of course, crawling around. It's like full mayhem. It's a great, great, like all the adults are there. We're all having so much fun. The kids are all crawling around. And my baby's, I'm like given, you know, he's crawling around. And this mom picks him up and kind of runs over to me with him. And this part's going to be not funny, but I promise we're going to circle back to funny. And she hands me a <laughs> She hands me a battery and is like, ah, you're, this was in your baby's mouth. I did. I oh thought God. maybe you, I thought maybe you'd want me to take it out. And I was like, I, I like my face just goes, what do you even say to the random mom at the birthday party who hands you your baby and the battery they've just taken out of his mouth? I was like, well, that's it. Uh, I'm next, next stop Eastern state penitentiary. <laughs> totally. Like, that's the only option there's, for me. That's right. There's the, like the bad moms, uh, you know, wing. There's, that's where they're going to you. The yep. wing for bad mother, wing for battery moms. So I, you know, of course feel like scum of the earth all night long. Like all my friends who come up to me, they're like, what's up? I'm like, well, a woman just pulled a battery out of my child's mouth. So they're all like, they're all making, kind of making fun of like, you know, it didn't happen. Get over it. It's fine. And the next morning I wake up and the first thing I think of, of course, is that time that my one-year-old almost ate a battery the night before. And I roll over and look at my phone and my friend Jess has texted me who was at the party. My friend Jess has texted me, how's your lithium powered baby? And it just <laughs> like made me laugh so hard. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to feel guilty about this thing that didn't even happen. Like it, you know, it was a mistake. We're past it. And that is we're hilarious. So now, yep. so now we're like, George is like, Oh, cash is glowing again. I'm like, okay, enough. <laughs> enough. Okay. Amanda, one of my favorite series th things that you do on your Instagram like you said like y your big focus is not your own Instagram but you do a ton of really fun and funny series and Amanda messes up is the best it's Amanda is it Amanda messes up again it's just Amanda messes Amanda, up right Amanda messes up in the kitchen yeah in the mm -hmm. kitchen yeah Amanda messes up in the kitchen uh did it start during COVID it did. or have you been mm -hmm. yeah okay it started during COVID and they were just it's like you know you are the founder of this incredible like food media organization and it's you just like in the kitchen in your soft clothes like trying to make recipes usually from are they always from uh they're usually the user generated ones right they're usually yeah they're usually from the site sometimes i'll do some from a cookbook but yeah. i like how you you very um euphemistically said you in the kitchen and your soft clothes. Yeah. I've been, you are. I've, been cooking, I've, I've been cooking in my PJs basically on, on yes. video for three yes. years. And it's <laughs> fabulous because that's how all of your readers actually cook. It's how, you know, the people who read my food stuff cook. It's like, it's so real and wonderful because so much food content is so curated. Okay. So anyway, I feel like you'll have a really good answer to my last question, which is, what do you cook when you do not feel like cooking? When you're just like, not tonight. What do you cook? Okay. What I do is I, I assemble. So yes. I do, I love like an antipasti kind of dinner where I'll do like cured meats and I'll do great olives and I'll do bread and butter. And okay. The thing I will make is a salad uh -huh, and, then a nice, uh -huh. and then a nice cold beer. 
a little greens to cut through all that is great. Okay. Wow. And that's the meal, a salad, a huge antipasti, a beer. Not even that huge. I just kind of, and then I always, and then I'll have dark chocolate and I'll have like chocolate after maybe with a little bourbon. Will your teenagers eat this meal? Oh yeah, actually they will. Mm Mm-hmm. That is an absolutely wonderful answer. I never just think to like throw out the salami and some cheese and some bread, but like, duh, that's all right there. It's all right there. There's lots of good makers. It's like, you know, yeah. there's, uh, and it's so delicious. And it's and so delicious. It's all you ever, it's all yeah. I ever crave. Is yeah. And also you can do crackers. You can do like, you know, it's like your opportunity to get all those like good snacky things. Like you can do oh, yeah. almonds, you can do, you know. And you probably Crash truly have it all in the fridge already, in the fridge, in the pantry. Mm-hmm. Make it yeah. look, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat decent. Oh, fabulous yep. answer. Amanda, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great chatting. Mm-hmm.